Welcome to Bethlehem Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor here at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Glenshaw. And I'm Wendy Ferrone, a member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. The topic for today, well, I'll start with a question. Okay, go ahead. Why should we go to church? (laughs) Let me tell you, for a long time I didn't go. Right. And at the time, I really didn't think I was missing anything. But I did get to sleep in a little bit on a Sunday. Right. So what was I no, missing? That's a great question. And you know what? Honestly, I know the that some folks who are listening to this will think the typical pastor response is to say, well, you have to. <laughs> I'm not a part of that group that thinks that, you know, we should have a truancy officer here at Bethlehem on staff to go out on Sunday morning <laughs> yeah. and make everybody feel guilty about not being here. You know, for many, many folks... Going to church really can be blessing enough to legitimate not just sleeping in on Sunday morning. For me, I needed to know the reason why I should go to church, not just that I should, yeah. but to avoid the guilt of not being at church. Well, I mean, and I totally respect that. I think the trouble is, I mean, you're absolutely right. The trouble is it's so difficult to describe to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say to somebody, you should go skydiving. It will absolutely change your life. Yeah. Right? And uh-huh. what do you what do you what's your response? Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, okay. Right? <laughs> and it's the same thing. If you really get involved in a church community, oh, you just can't believe what a blessing, yeah. what kind of fulfillment that can bring into your life. Sure. And if you haven't been there or haven't tasted that, you don't know what you're missing. No, and there's and justifiably so. Mm-hmm. There, there's a certain level of skepticism there, and um, I agree. I mean, I think we need to be able to share the story in a helpful enough way to at least pique the interest of the people that are asking the question. Right, and yeah. you know, we enter into the church community with our own perceptions, mm-hmm. with our own history and our backgrounds, and what we think church is all about. Right. And I think the goal of having this conversation today in this in this podcast is about kind of squaring that away. Okay. And ensuring that maybe what you perceive is not true and maybe what you've experienced is not what it's like in all churches. Yeah, that's actually that's helpful. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. So okay. first question. Um we know that the the Bible, the holy scripture yeah. is the is what we stand upon yeah. as truth. Does it say anything in there about going to church? Yes. Actually, it's the 11th commandment. Thou shalt go to church weekly. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, If I recall, wasn't there only 10? No, I'm you. <laughs> there is no explicit direction within the scriptures, Hebrew scriptures or New Testament, that clearly states that one must attend an hour-long worship service each and every week. Now, that has come to us in different expressions of Christianity. There are some denominations that say that that is a kind of expectation that you attend worship weekly. But in terms of the scripture itself, there's nothing explicit. However, mm-hmm. there is, I mean, there are moments when we get hints that say and suggest that maybe we should think about what it means to be tied into a Christian community. Um, and one of those absolutely comes from Hebrews 10, and, and it is, you know, a statement about not neglecting to meet together. 
So it's about the gathering that's the issue, not the building of the church. You got it. So by the time the letter to Hebrews, to the Hebrews is written, we know that there are these Christian communities, Mm -hmm. these house churches that are gathering. They're not only gathering, they're communicating with one another. There's a bit of a network that's in place. And also, they have established a kind of liturgy. Uh, Their worship by that point has taken a certain form. They know what to expect. The Eucharist is in place. Baptism is a thing by then. And also, this notion that, just as you said, not that we have a big building with beautiful stained glass and all that kind of stuff, but that we have a time set aside to be together to hear the word, to enjoy the fellowship, and to strengthen our bonds with one another mm-hmm. and with Christ. Very good. Yeah. It's intentional. It is intentional. You were talking about Hebrews. Let's stay in the scripture for a second okay. and talk about the book of Acts. Okay. The The whole book of Acts is designed around building the church as a community, not building the building. Right on, yeah. Right? Yeah. So allowing us for the disciples to go out into the world and build communities. And that's where we get many of the books like Letters to the Corinthians, yeah. because he was, they were building the church. little piece of trivia for mm. our listeners. Yeah. The writer of Luke and Acts was a one long book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Your your classes are paying off one I know. <laughs> it's exactly right. Actually, it's important for people this to know. Is keep so going. Cool. Yeah, I keep had no going. idea. So why did they chop it in half and put it after the gospels? Well, because they wanted the four gospels to be in the same place. The the gospels had to be held together and they put acts at the end cut the the building of the church part because none of the other gospels have that piece in it. Yeah. Fascinating. It is. And I think, again, that's important for people to understand because the Gospel of Luke, as we know it, right? Mm-hmm. Not Luke X, but the Gospel mm-hmm. of Luke, as we know it in the canon, it's, it's really about the history of Christ's mm-hmm. work yeah. in the world and with the disciples. Yep. Those, you know, those original 12. Then you get to Acts. And as you suggested, it's a history of how the early exactly how the early church begins to define itself yeah understand its mission and then grow and having those sort of three things in mind as you read through acts is really really helpful yeah. um much of who we are today can be connected to those early moments of church history Yep, it's yeah. the act of building the church body. Yeah, being and making disciples, as we say around as here. As our mission states. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I must be on the right track. Right on. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so second question. Okay. Our Lutheran church is pretty traditional in its worship. Yeah. We use lectionary readings that come from Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they walk us through a good portion of the Bible. So over a three-year period, we get a good chunk of the Bible That's right. That's read in the, the readings at the worship. So another good reason to come to church, if you're not a Bible reader at home or on your own, is to go to church so you have exposure and experience with the Word. Yeah. So, and I don't want to get the cart before the horse here, but you're exactly right. I think the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that the Bible is important. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just aren't there. Um, they don't understand the value of the work. Um, they don't understand why it should make any kind of claim upon their lives. Mm-hmm. If you get past that and you begin to understand how scriptures in and of themselves can be a life-giving gift, now you enter into them and you can read them. And then you get this next question, which is, of course, why can't I just take care of this on my own? 
Cool. Let me jump back to the first part. Okay. Holding the Holy Scriptures and having reading the Bible, per se. Right. See, I'm asking you questions now. How do you like that? I know. <laughs> I just flipped the table. Go ahead. Reading the Bible is overwhelming. If right. somebody is not diving into it, you open up a certain book and you start reading it and you think, this is nuts. I can't make any sense of any of this, especially in the Old Testament, because it was written by ancients yeah. and interpreted into English. Yeah. And but it's not in a form that we're familiar we're with. We're not familiar with well, it. Well, and right? I want to say something. I mean, folks sometimes hear that as this sort of condescending, judgmental position on the part of the experts to maintain their, their place. I got it. That's actually, it, maybe that does happen. But in truth, that's not what that's all about. From the very beginning, even the Hebrew scriptures, mm-hmm. those were tended to in community. You may go home and kick around what Isaiah was talking about, yeah. um, just like we would talk about the sermon on the way to Eaton Park. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, from the very beginning, it was understood that we would share in this word, that there would be moments of proclamation where a rabbi or a priest or a minister would have this moment of proclamation that would be in context to bless the people to whom they were preaching. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's a given. That's always mm-hmm. been a part of the deal. And then that the community itself would dwell in Scripture, that they would sit at table and go back and forth about what, what the meaning think? Yeah, exactly. what do you think he was talking about when he said this? Yeah, it's not like we're trying to say, we have the corner on all of this, and yeah. we're going to let you know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. actually the opposite. We're going to sit at Bible study and come to the truth together. And some folks learning and some folks perspective and some folks even opinion will end up being important in that process as we're in collaboration with the Holy Spirit to come to deeper and deeper levels of meaning, right? When trusted folks who have some connection gather around Mm -hmm. this sacred text. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's it, the right, right. actual definition of church. So why should I go to church? I mean, <laughs> yeah. th- this is one of those answers that I can give, that there really is something to building a sufficient amount of trust, mm-hmm. right? And then that trust can result in a kind of vulnerability where we value other people's wisdom and input. And then... If things are going really, really well, it can stretch beyond Bible study, and we can build one another up in everyday practical considerations, right? And trust that we have one another's best interest at heart. That's a gift. Why should I go to church? Because there are these beautiful relationships that take shape in that place and then result in blessing in our lives, On again, on so many different levels. Let me also remind everybody that's listening that these relationships are not for the benefit of the hierarchy. There, I understand that historically there have been moments where evangelism has devolved into something very mercenary. So tell me, well, hold on, churchy words. Okay. Tell me what you mean by evangelism. Gathering people around the word to share the good news. Okay, okay? good. Okay, gathering people to share the good news. Now tell me what mercenary And then when I say evangelism, I'm not talking about the classical... Um, kind of evangelism that you see in Acts, where 
you know, you really just want to get the word out about Jesus and this yeah. message is brand new and not a whole lot of people have had access to it. That's a beautiful thing to have evangelism in that kind of purity. I'm talking about the work of the evangelism committee that was operative in the 50s and 60s, whose goal was to have the biggest church. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry if that's offensive, but mm -hmm. let's just shoot straight because yeah. we're all friends here. Yeah, I mean, there sure. was a period in, of time when that is precisely what evangelism was about. Let's get more people into our church so that we can give the impression of health and yeah. vitality. Right. That's not evangelism. So when I say mercenary mm -hmm. evangelism, that's what I'm talking about. Gotcha. Um, that strength in numbers, biggest church is the best church, you know, popularity contest about Christianity. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's not about the best no, band no, no, no. or the best choir or the best. We're, we're missing the whole point. So there. I will tell you, when people have a little bit of skepticism around getting the door hanger that says, hey, come to such and such church. Look how cool we are. It's it's justifiable. Uh -huh. We gotta live with that. Understood. That yeah. we gotta live with that. Um yeah. if if we can be honest about that and sort of have a moment of collective Christian repentance, uh -huh. then I think we can get to some more genuine and authentic community yeah. that is reflective of not just our tradition the best of our tradition, but also is actually reflective of the God that we worship. Sometimes we miss that the triune God is, in fact, triune. The very nature of the divine, the very nature of this God that we worship is relationship. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so that relationship, that connectivity then, gets lived out in our shared experience as community. Why go to church? Because the relationships that take shape there are reflective of the God in which we worship. That's right. Yeah. My spirit, the spirit in you and the spirit in me, yes. working for sharing the good news yeah. and the good things, caring for one another emotionally, spiritually, physically sometimes. Mm -hmm. We bring a meal to you, right? Right on. Yeah. And hopefully folks who have a negative feeling around going, I'm air quoting, to church. Yes. Maybe they, Maybe this conversation we're having will allow them to open up just a tiny little bit and take another look at it yeah. from another point of view and and go to a church that doesn't bill itself as as we're a full church. Because yeah. it's not about butts on the pews. No. It's about the the quality of the relationship within it. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. And you know, we need resources mm -hmm. to pay the light bill. I mean, well, this is just the truth. Yeah. You know, and to retain quality staff and all the, the, those practical kinds of things. But that's not what this is about. I mean, right. we understand that when people come into this community and take the community seriously, all of that stuff is actually a secondary concern. Mm -hmm. Because we believe that the folks that are walking through the doors, that are coming to the studies, that are sitting at the table, on and on and on and on, that, that hold our hand during worship, whatever the case may be, they are augmenting our life together. It's not a distraction. Mm -hmm. It doesn't diminish, right? It enhances every personality that gets grafted in, right? Enhances the depth of our experience. 
That's true. By the very nature of their presence. Yeah. Right? As long as we allow them to open up and be who they are. No, 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 no. But you understand what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. I do. All right. Okay. So next question. Yes. Um, what if you don't go to church um, because you've been hurt in the past? Yeah. Or you had hard feelings against somebody at church? You know, I remember when I was growing up that um, there was this saying that, um, oh, those people only come to church to see who else is at church. <laughs> Or you see, you know, you have to dress to the nines because everybody yeah. is expecting you to be the best you, in your best yeah, church Sunday clothes. Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those times have passed, thank goodness, here especially. But um, tell me about how you handle it if you personally have had a, a hurtful experience as it relates to church. How do you come back from that? Okay, well, this is a complex question, but yeah. uh, I'll start. <laughs> I know, that's why uh, I asked yeah, you. I'll start, I'll start by saying <laughs> that this um, we have to remember that this is not heaven. We are a fallen group yeah. of people. Yes. This is not heaven. We still live in the real world. And these Christian communities take shape in the real world with all of its complexities. The other thing we need to bear in mind is that we are not miraculous in the sense that we find ourselves firmly in place in this long line of Christian communities. Um, and you mentioned Corinthians earlier. Mm-hmm. They're a good example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm serious, right? I'm yeah. serious. I mean, do you think there weren't people that, you know, as we hear about folks being turned away from the communion table and all yeah. Um Yes, this this, this happens. Um, I, there's no way for me to dispute, you know, it's just like when somebody comes in my office and says, Pastor, uh, I need to confess something, mm. right? My jaw never hits the floor. I mean, I'm sorry to tell people that. Mm-hmm. Like, my jaw never hits the floor. I don't. You did what? Yeah, no, no I mean, never. <laughs> be- because I live in the real world. That's right. And sadly, or maybe it's a bless. I don't know. Mm-hmm. However you want to look at it, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not saying I've heard it all. I don't mean that. But it doesn't surprise me and that, I, I, that I'm these not people are broken. Anymore. Right? Yeah, I'm not shocked. Um, yeah. And when other people come to me and say, "Can you believe what happened at my church?" I'm not trying to be insensitive, but my answer is going to be, yeah. Because yeah. yes. it's run by humans. Yes, yes. I, can. I, I mean, yeah. it's a shame. I'm sorry that had to happen, and I mean that sincerely, mm-hmm. but it doesn't surprise me. Right. Now, that's part A. Part B is you have to figure out whether or not you can spiritually make your way through that disappointment, hurt, offense, whatever it happens to be. So you have to be open to looking at it and walking through it. Right. If you come to a place where every single time you come to church, all you really feel is resentment or discomfort or whatever, whatever negative emotion you want to attach to that experience, if you just can't find your way through that, I don't think there's much value in sort of duct taping yourself to that pew just to say you're there. No, it it kind of seems like uh like fraud. Right. You know, you're you're not being true to yourself or to the purpose of the church. Yeah. Because you're there to worship. Right. You're there to experience the quality of that community. Um and you're there to be blessed. And if your spirit is and by the way, I'm not saying this is I'm, I'm not casting aspersions. I mean, if this this happens, mm-hmm. seriously. I mean, it's a Heaven forbid, if that would ever happen to me, and, and I found myself in a situation where I just could not reconcile what had transpired, you know, I would find myself in a, a similar situation. Sure. 
but yeah, if you find yourself, you, you then end up in a different place yeah. so that you don't lose your faith, right? That's the key. Yeah. That's the key point. If you can't in your faith and in a good position in the place you are, maybe you need to find another place to right. be where, where God is evident and the spirit is evident in the people in the church. And you have the opportunity to yeah. truly enjoy those aspects of, of the community. That's right. And you're not sort of trying to find your way through all the negativity. Right. Um, and working through the hurt. Right. You can't just bury it. You have to work through it. And maybe in that new setting, you can find um, people who've been there, done that, yeah. and can share that experience on how they got out of that feeling of hurt. Yeah. The whole thing is about reconciliation. The right. whole thing is about grace and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're able to offer that and move forward and find a new beginning. And sometimes in the sort of the practical machinations of church life, we are not. And what happens sometimes, pastoral leaders, church leaders will bend over backwards trying to affect that reconciliation. You can't. Um, you want everybody to be happy. You want everybody to have their place. And many, many times it does work out just fine. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you end up in a situation where you're so hurt that you want to spread the love. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and so then you're disruptive or you're disgruntled. Or, and then you're just going to perpetuate a difficult sure. situation. And, sure. and I don't know how healthy that is. Yeah. yeah. For me, I couldn't sit in that pain right. for very right. no, long for sure. without getting spiritually sick. Right. I, I couldn't. So fortunately, I have the, the guidance and the wherewithal and to, to reach out and, and look toward people like clergy and pastors and mm -hmm. friends to say, what do I do with this? Right. And uh, I reach out in prayer and say, what do I do with this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it seems to relieve me of that. And that's, I mean, there again, you're leaning on the <laughs> The leaning on the people around you, which is precisely mm -hmm. what you need to do. And, yeah. and just acknowledge that, you know, there's the church, small C, and there's the church, capital C, mm -hmm. and there's the mm -hmm. congregation, and then there's the whole body. And like we were talking about earlier, um, and to leave a church or to enter a church is not a betrayal. Uh, it's an adventure in faith. Right. Um, and when you see it that way, Typically, doors will open and opportunities will arise and transformation may occur. Yeah, yeah. good, good yeah. stuff. So we have many ministries here mm -hmm. at Bethlehem where people can get involved and they gather in fellowship. They all you know, gather to do a, a task or even enjoy a craft making. Right. They go on a little trip together, a day trip, or we gather for Bible study or... and Oh, or, yeah. Opportunities are endless. Th those really. are the best. Really. Sunday yeah. school. Yeah. Um, so when I first started here, I was really nervous. I hadn't been to church in 15 years. You were years. nervous? Oh, my goodness. You scared me to death. Oh, I was glad. so scared. So I have that effect on us. So intimidating. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I kept thinking he's a pastor. Yikes! You know, yeah, yeah. I hadn't been to church in, like I said, 15 years or so. And even prior to that, I was involved in a Lutheran church, but I didn't. I didn't get it. Like I, I, I was yeah. attending. Yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get the spiritual connection. So what I did, which maybe is just my personality, I took a look at that fear and. I wanted to be a part of this church, yeah. so I I jumped in when we were cutting strawberries for the strawberry social. for the strawberry festival. Yes, yeah. nice. and I I got to know a person. Okay, who then I saw again on Sunday, 
who then I saw again um, at Bible study. Gotcha. And built a relationship. Beautiful. That's exactly how it should go. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then you know, so then Oktoberfest Then that came. person introduced you to somebody else. He said, why don't yeah, you come to yeah, Lyft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you come to Wednesday Bible yeah. study? That's awesome there. Yeah. And I had people to say hello to in the pews. Mm-hmm. And like, again, I said, I think that people think that when you go to, to church, you have to be involved in things. But it's actually an avenue, it was for me, an avenue through which I became a part of the yeah. church body. Yeah, that's the difference between burden and blessing, right? You, right. you can say, oh, I don't know if I really want to get up and cut strawberries. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was, a, it was and I quite get, fun. I mean, again, there's, there's no judgment. I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all busy. A yeah. finite amount of energy. I understand all that. But the, the other side of the conversation is exactly as you say. When you do, when you kind of oh, roll out of bed and pull yourself together and get there, all of a sudden, right, connections are made. And the cool thing, I think, too, about church community is like, I'm sure the introverts that are listening to this podcast right now are like, I'm not going to, I'm not invited. <laughs> I'm not going there if I don't have somebody to go. Yeah. But that, what I'm going to say is like, there's always somebody there. Yes. Right. That's the nature of who we are mm-hmm. as this inclusive community. Mm-hmm. I understand. I don't want to go if I'm, if I'm not invited. I don't want to go unless so-and-so is there, but there's always a so-and-so. <laughs> yes. Right. By the yes. nature of our identities in Christ, there's mm-hmm. always somebody there that will say hello and and again, yeah. are there congregations or communities that fail at this? Are there moments when every single congregation and community fails at this because it's just a grumpy day and it's dreary? And w- Yes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we're talking in generalizations. So right. by and large, right, yep. people are going to have the experience that you had. Somebody's going to say hello, yeah. right? Some kind of relationship is going to begin to evolve. When you see somebody... Even, you know, the usher, who's the same usher that was there the last two times you were here, and they recognize you because you were here too. Right. And they say, hey, how you doing? Good morning. And you think, oh, they recognize me. Right. This just a baby step toward feeling comfortable here. Yes. And being a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to sign up for anything. The thing I really love about the way we do our ministries here, you can come in and just help with the Strawberry Festival and do nothing else. Yeah, you don't have if to. If that's your gig, that's well, right. like If that. you have a four-week Bible study on Corinthians again, not the, you know, but you can make one of those and have it mean something. That's right. Right? It's, it's all a, most of what we do. Shouldn't say, never say all, but most of what we do is structured in that way. Mm-hmm. You can pick and choose yeah. your level of investment depending on the season you happen to be in in yeah. your personal life. That's right. right. Nobody's signing up to paint a fence. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, of course, to paint all the fences henceforward forever and ever. <laughs> forever and ever. Right. Amen. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Now, there's an, the only commitment here is to the word and to the sacrament and to the people here. You just become a part of. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of cool. I'm glad you said that because I, I think that's the other thing. There's this impression like if I, if I go on a mission trip, I have to go on all the mission trips henceforward. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh, I do. The, oh, now but, I'm committed. I've signed right. up. No, you, really, it's okay. Go to, go to one. Yeah, go to one. And you may say, I absolutely loved it. What an experience. And never go again. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You were there. You were you, present you enjoyed it. You took something from it. You were able to give something. And you may walk away saying, it's too hot in West Virginia for me. Right, right on. <laughs> too many bugs. <laughs> too many bugs. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So why do you think, um, kind of switching gears a little sure, bit. Sure, go ahead. Why do you think it's important for kids to come to church when they truly, they don't understand the lectionary, they don't understand, they have Are a Are you sure? I, well, no, probably yeah. know it better than I do. Right. 
<laughs> why should we bring our kids to church? Aren't some of them are noisy? Oh my goodness! I've, yeah, you know, well, I love if, that. I know, I know, I, I love that. But yeah. and I know some people don't. But um, rhythm and routine is really important. I believe that even if a child that's two or three years old um, can't exactly repeat the gospel lesson word for word once they get back to the family minivan. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's a failure. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't get too hung up on that. Um, there, because we are able to share the, well, first of all, we are able to honor their presence. We are able to say, you have a place now here in this time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everything else in life is different because when you're little, you go to Chuck E. Cheese and not the Olive Garden because you they do know we just don't want, you know, we're not having that. No, we don't do that here. Here's a blessing. I've never <laughs> been to Chuck E. Cheese. There you go. I mean, we don't do it. Um, we are Chuck E. Cheese, Olive Garden, all at the same time because we want to honor everybody's time. Right? Yeah, we don't baptize babies and then say thanks, bye bye now until you can that sit in the really pew and be quiet. That was really nice <laughs> that you provided us with this hallmark moment. Please check back in with us when you have your own child baptized. No, I mean that's outrageous. <laughs> and and the thing is, you're you're giving them a sense of the rhythm. So even if they're just sitting there in worship, running the matchbox car on the pew, uh-huh. I'm telling you, my conviction is that is just. Fine, because yep. even if it's subconsciously, they are feeling the flow of worship. They are. The gathering, the word. The music. The music, yeah. the meal, yep. the sending. There's a, there's a certain kind of process of spirituality that is being slowly but surely embedded. Yeah. In their psyches. You're building the familiar. Mm-hmm. The little ones come up for our children's sermon, which I adore because mm-hmm. they stare right at the pastor's face. Yeah. They're, they're so. They want to know. They and, want to know. And I, what I like too is that they, that the pastors, um, they can sit close to them. Mm-hmm. There isn't a fear of like. Yeah. yeah. We want to make sure that's actually important. We want to yeah. make sure that they feel comfortable mm-hmm. around the altar. Yes. Now, the reverence is important. Please, I mean, don't misunderstand me. Um, we're not being rambunctious just for the sake of it. The reverence is important, but the comfort's important mm-hmm. that we enact in our worship the incarnation, that God is with us mm-hmm. and that we are with God, and the boundaries between the two should get pretty thin yeah. in that space. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. And the other thing I would say about the children, in my experience, they see and hear everything. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This has implications. Yeah. It, it, we're talking about the spirit with which you enter into worship, the mm-hmm. spirit with which you enter into your Christian community, right? Uh, be careful. Be careful if you have your kids with you. Be careful if you have your grandchildren with you. Um, it's way too easy to go to church, to sit there and grumble and have your arms crossed because you didn't have your favorite hymn sung and so-and-so didn't say hello to you and you didn't get your name on the big, you know, um, catered lunch Ash Wednesday list and somebody did this and that and the other thing and then you get to the car and you're carrying on. I'm telling you, you are modeling a kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. 
that your children or grandchildren, nieces or nephews will see as normative. As it relates to church. Correct. This is how we respond to this experience. (laughs) We're grumpy. We're grumpy that we have to get up and get dressed. We're grumpy that we have to be there. We have to go. Yes. That will be the spirit. Yeah. Eight times out of ten. Yeah. That that young person will then embody in their own life. That's correct. And that's not entirely fair. It's exactly right. Really. I mean, you have to think through, right? So that they have a reasonable opportunity to enjoy that time mm-hmm. and understand it differently yep. and value it differently. Yeah. Um, to walk in here and feel comfort Yeah. Um, rather than um, if I don't sit for an hour, I'm going to catch it. Or, you know, if, if somebody's noisy, oh, uh, why did they bring that kid in here? It's it, The one thing that I really appreciate here is that that's a joyful noise. It is a joyful noise. And it's a, it's a reminder, right? That we are trying to minister to the whole family mm-hmm. and the whole person, mm-hmm. and that's not lips. It's like it's not you know modern catchphrase. It's the serious stuff. Yes, that's why we have all these different age levels for Sunday school or vacation Bible school right. or retreat. I mean, you start to look at the different offerings of the ministry, and you will see that we are very, very intentionally trying to touch all of these different age groups, all of these different levels of experience. Um, because we want everybody to be well served. I think it's also really important to say that we are finding more and more that the input that we surround ourselves with has a really, really impressive amount of influence. I've heard this. This is just recently. Yes. You are the average of the five people you hang around this with. This is right. So you were on the same wavelength, okay. and that's a pretty striking. Um, and also really, really important research. Yes. And what I would suggest is you can have those sources of influence be whatever you want. And I hope you do have a couple buddies at, you know, the local watering hole. And I hope you do have a couple buddies at work. Mm-hmm. And I hope you do have a couple buddies at the Lions Club, right? And I hope you have a couple buddies at church. Exactly. Because there is... Just an inexhaustible resource here mm-hmm. that, you know, never did Jesus say, I really want to dismantle somebody's life in heaven. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it's all about a kind of joy and meaning, having a sense of purpose, mm-hmm. having a place to land when you're crashing, having a source of comfort when you're grieving, having a source of guidance when you're lost. I mean, think about that. That's the kind of influence we need. Oh, so much so. Um, and if we know this, I think we do need to be careful about, do I sit in front of Facebook for six hours a day? Or do I find something else to give my attention to? If Facebook and Twitter are the five right. people you well, hang yeah, around with you're right. With Facebook, most, Twitter, Instagram, and you, I don't know. I mean, that's the extent the, of my knowledge. But yes, you're exactly right. You become right. the average of those yes. input sources. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And finally. Okay. We've established that you should go to church. Well, maybe. I mean, from, you and I. Well, you and, you I, and I, I are on board. Yeah. <laughs> for many, many, many reasons. Yeah. But do I have to join a church? No, I think you got you. Be, you have to be connected. Yeah, you don't have to join. 
You don't have to join. But I think a sense of connection is important, and however you want to define that is just fine. You don't get, uh, once you join, you don't get access to the gym and the pool or yeah, that's none right. of that? Right. Rats. Well, no, you, the gym you do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I must have missed that no, when I just, joined. <laughs> you know, I had a really cool conversation, really insightful conversation with a Vietnam veteran one day. Hmm. I had been connected to the congregation for a long, long time, had contributed in significant ways, and in every way was a tremendous person. Um, and in the course of that conversation, we got to the fact that um, he wasn't necessarily on the rolls. Not brought up by me. I mean, I could, I don't have that memorized, but, uh-huh. you know. Uh, and he said to me, he said, you know, after that experience, my generation, we just aren't joiners. Uh, seriously, like, I get that. And that, I that totally respect that. member um, stamp does not mean we wouldn't care no. for you or serve you or love you. Right. And so that's, I think, that's what I'm driving at. I don't really care if your name is highlighted or bolded or whatever in our directory. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. But what I have to say is that the, the, the community will probably have a little bit more meaning in your life if you are committed to it in some way, if right. you find yourself invested and not in the sort of throwaway cliche use of that phrase. I'm, I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. When you find yourself in a kind of covenant relationship with the other baptized folks in this place where you have some loyalty and commitment mm-hmm. to their well-being, yeah. to their sense of spirituality, to their faith walk, to their lives of discipleship, right? If you can get to that place without signing on the dotted line, then God bless you. Because I think yeah. that that kind of commitment is actually important. I agree. Um, we don't want to just be consumers. I don't think the apostles signed anything. No. No. <laughs> no. no. Well, early on, though, they did, back to Acts, they did share everything in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But no, you know, and yet, even early on, right, this, the bond that these folks shared together was palpable. Yes. Um, the language that was used all the time in the New Testament was about the body. That's right. And how all the parts of the body, the members of the body, needed to be connected so that all the members and all the parts of the body could use their gifts and strengths to contribute to the whole. Yep, to become one. Yeah, so I don't care if you sign in anything, mm-hmm. sincerely. And yeah. I don't care if you give a contribution. And I don't care if you have you know, a box of envelopes. I really don't. But if you are committed and want to contribute, you will be blessed by the community in a different way than if you just say, I'm going to pop in and when I feel like it and kind of, I like that service and so mm-hmm. then I'll do that. And, yeah. And yeah. that's, you will, you'll get some benefit out of that, right? Yeah. But I don't think you'll experience the full sort of collective energy right? Um, that comes from being truly tied and grafted into the body. I agree. So, how do people um, come to worship? Do we have certain times? We worship (laughs) in the programmatic year, so like school year. Yep. Saturday at 6, Sunday at 8 and 10.30. With Sunday school in between. Sunday school in between and I-15. Very good. Yeah, lots of different things to do. Check out the website. Come and see us. um, Get connected. Yeah. And uh, have some fun. And then, you know, the cool thing is you'll tell your own story. Yeah, that's right. You can tell your own story. You can you can tell your own strawberry story. That's it. And uh, have your life enhanced in some really important and key ways. Thank you so much, Wendy. Appreciate you. Let me carry you. on. Thank you. God bless. Good. God stuff. bless you. Talk to you soon. Take care.